Hi, filmmakers. Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff, where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Today, I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California, Los Angeles, in fact, and this is where I reside. Uh, for those of you just getting to know me, I run the ever-growing popular filmmaking website, Filmmaking Stuff, and very specifically for mm, about the past half decade, I've been working in the ever-growing, um, very interesting market of video-on-demand distribution um, on the distribution side. So I've, I've had a Enough experience now to, on the independent side to show you how to, you know, not only get a movie made but also get it seen and selling. And today I want to kind of put it all together. This is going to be somewhat of a mega recording, a little bit longer than normal, because I'm going to cover with you at least a brief overview of the entire filmmaking process from script to screen based on my experience. Now, I want you to know that, you know, what I'm about to share with you is a brief overview, okay, and it's only an overview. So, you know, without you actually going out and grabbing a camera and working with a whole bunch of awesome, pe- awesome people, some of whom, you know, that have more experience than you, all the resources in the world are going to do you no good. So I say this is like a full disclaimer, full disclosure, this is an overview. But our simple goal today is, is for you, if you're listening to this in your car, you're listening to me at the gym, or you're listening to me, you know, in front of your computer screen, our simple goal is this. If you can walk away from this podcast with at least one useful filmmaking tip, then you and I can both be happy, and that's all you got to do. So hopefully that's easy enough. Just know that this is uh, made to complement all the other filmmaking stuff that you're learning about. Um, And the other part is, you know, in full disclosure, and and I'll point this out to you, and I always try to, um, what I'm about to share with you, sometimes I'm going to include recommendations for related products and services. So if you follow, you know, the URL that I tell you to follow, and you do end up making a purchase, I may receive a a, a compensation for that um, from one of our sponsors. And if, you know, if if you don't enjoy the fact that that I actually have sponsors that that help me pay the bills around here, um, you can just ignore all of my product recommendations. Um, you're still going to get so much out of this. Uh, I, I hope it's going to be a fantastic time for you. So if you have any questions about anything that I'm about to share, all you have to do is contact me. You can reach out to me, Jason, at Filmmaking Stuff. And, in fact, I love it You know when I find out how these tips help you get closer to your filmmaking goals. So without further ado, let's jump into it. I'm, I'm sharing with you right now the official Filmmaking Stuff 65-part film production checklist. And we're going to just go down the checklist. List. Where appropriate, I'll add some extra information, and if not, we'll breeze over it. And like I said, if you have more questions, um, there's lots of information out there. You can shoot me an email, Jason, at Filmmaking Stuff, or you can go through the Filmmaking Stuff website. Um, and hopefully all of this stuff is going to help you you know, walk away with a tip or two that can potentially make your filmmaking life a heck of a lot easier. So here we go. Step number one. Before you get started, make sure you read and study everything you possibly can about the entire filmmaking process. And, you know, it probably makes a lot of sense, but a good place to start is obviously the Filmmaking Stuff website found at filmmakingstuff.com. Step number two, a screenplay is the blueprint to your movie. So you need to go out, you need to either write and take the time to write or acquire a screenplay that you want to produce. And I would suggest that you make it something incredibly exciting with a memorable hook and a memorable hook, something like when somebody says, hey, what's your movie about? You tell them and they tell you, oh, that's awesome. And they don't forget. And it's so remarkable that they actually go out and they remark about your movie. They tell other people about it. Step number three, complete 
an initial screenplay breakdown. From there, what you're going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to schedule and budget the project to find out how much your movie costs. And if you're unsure about how to break down and schedule your movie, um, you might want to check out Peter Marshall's course. If, if you're in front of a computer right now, go to moviescriptbreakdown.com. Once again, moviescriptbreakdown.com. This is one of my sponsors. They pay me to promote. Um, and you also might want to head on over and um, to another place if you're ready to get your script broken down with some online software, which is spectacular. Uh, check out IndieProductionTool.com. IndieProductionTool.com. That's also one of my sponsors. Step number four is once you have the information from your initial schedule, um, your breakdown, then what you want to do is you want to go out and, and you want to create a business plan that is going to detail how your movie is going to be made, marketed, and sold, and how much this is going to cost you. Step number five is you want to go out and talk with a lawyer and other producers to figure out your best money strategy. Are you going to utilize equity funding? Are you going to utilize crowdfunding? Um, incidentally, at the time of this recording, Indiegogo just uh, closed a $40 million investment round, which is pretty spectacular in that space. Full disclosure, I used to work for a company called uh, Distriber, which was owned by Indiegogo, so I know those guys pretty well, and I give them a lot of props. But when you're going out and raising your money, are you going to utilize equity funding? Are you going to use crowdfunding? Are you going to leverage tax incentives to help fund your movie? Are you going to use a little bit of everything? you got to figure that out. Step number six is follow laws and regulations and then go after the money. This is going to require strategy, persistence, honesty, and enthusiasm. And it's also going to mean that you're going to have to, from time to time, pick up the phone and make cold calls. Um, one of the great tools out there that can help you, if you go to filmfinanceguide.com, filmfinanceguide.com, um, that's a project that I produced with uh, indie film finance expert Tom Malloy, uh, obviously a sponsor of the show as well. Um, step number seven, finding, meeting, and closing prospective investors on the merits of your movie is going to be one of the toughest parts of the process. And as I mentioned earlier, it may require that you pick up the phone and call people, and that can be uncomfortable. But you have to remember the thing that gets you through that is you remember that every no is one no closer to yes. So you got to keep calling people to increase the probability that you're going to get a yes. And you always want to focus on that meeting. Um, again, your attorney can help you navigate those waters to, so that you stay compliant with all of your local laws and regulations. Um, very important. Step number eight, most people are going to want to know how the money is going to be spent, what they can expect in return, and how you are going to eventually get their money back. For, from an investment standpoint, filmmaking is an absolutely risky business. It's full of unknowns, and you should always disclose this. Step number nine, have a plan for the movie when it's complete. Are you going to take the festival route? Are you going to market it to colleges and universities? Are you going to send it to sales agents and acquisitions professionals? And here's, here's where I'm going to make a side note for you with some resources. You know, while it's great to imagine that a movie distributor is going to swoop in and hand you a million-dollar check, you have to know from the start that this rarely happens. In fact, most movies end up in popular marketplaces like Amazon and iTunes and other VOD outlets. So you're going to have to plan for this. If you're at that stage and you're wondering how to plan for this, my resource is howtosellyourmovie.com. 
that's actually one that I put together. It's based on my experience uh, as both a filmmaker and a movie marketer slash distributor. Um, once again, go to howtosellyourmovie.com. Step number 10, after following all of these steps, you've been networking with prospective investors and going out there and finding people. And the question is, were you successful in getting the money in the time that you allotted for yourself? If not, here's some, but not all of your options moving forward. A, you can choose a new movie project or B, you can alter your screenplay to cut costs. So A, choose a new movie project or B, change your screenplay to cut costs. Step number 11, get more favors and freebies. Um, Seriously, this is a time where you can write out a list of everything that you can get for free or at a discount. This is going to include props, wardrobes, locations, transportation, and craft services. Um, All of these things are available. You just have to go out. Uh, The saying is, if you don't ask, you don't get. And discounts are good. They're going to help you save money in the long run. Step number 12, assuming you were able to get the money, now the next step is to pick a date for your production. And if you don't get the money, you know, like I keep repeating, um, you're going to have to go out, go back to step one and start over the process. So either you got the money and you can pick a date for production or you go back to step number one and start over. And there's no harm in that. I know plenty of producers that have done that time and time again. And you just stay persistent and sooner or later you get your movie made. Step number 13, hire an attorney to help you with all the sorts of contracts and releases that you need for your movie. If you're short on cash, do web do a web search for lawyers for the arts in your area. Um, I've utilized these back when I was in Pennsylvania, and these attorneys usually help you with a whole bunch of minor legal stuff. It can save you a lot of money. Step number 14, before you have the money in your account, there's going to be, you got to keep in mind that many people are going to work for little to no money to help you in the very bootstrapping stage of your movie project. So when you're going out and you're trying to find the assistance of people that can help you before you have all the money, um, just know that once again, you're going to get a lot of no's before you find people that can actually join your team and help you get to the next stage. Step number 15. You can make your life a heck of a lot easier if you work with people who have production experience. So if you're in a small market, reach out to people who spend their days producing corporate videos and small market television commercials. Um, Step number 16, finalize your script. You want to get your script to a point where you're no longer going to keep changing things. And, And what you'll call that is a locked script. So your goal is to lock your script so that you're not continually changing it. Step number 17, number your scenes. Then once again, break down your script. This involves grabbing each element out of your script, um, each location, each character. And from all of this information, what you're going to do is you're going to load it into a final schedule. Step number 18, from this schedule and breakdown, you're going to create your final budget. Now, you probably know how much money you have to work with at this stage. So if you find that you don't have enough money to cover what it is you're trying to do. Once again, you can get more money or you can modify your script and schedule. Step number 19, get your crew. You want to work with a seasoned physical producer. Uh, These are sometimes known as line producers or unit production managers to help you get organized. These professionals are going to look at your schedule. They're going to tweak it and make sure it lines up with the budget. 
Step number 20, in addition to a UPM or line producer, um, if you are going to direct and produce your own movie, you got to know that having these professionals around you are going to open the door to relationships with a first assistant director as well as your key crew. And these folks are going to help you hire the right people. So they're going to know a good payroll company, and many of these um, people are going to know a thing or two about tax credits in your state, which you know, is one of the things that you can do to, to, that you can utilize to incentivize prospective investors to do business with you. Step number 21. I know, I know that going through this process, you're going to look at no matter how much money you raise, money's still going to be tight. It's never going to be enough. So if you cannot hire a location scout, you're going to have to do some of this stuff on your own. You're going to go out and scout and procure locations yourself. So this means that once again, you're going to go out and you're going to knock on doors. You're going to introduce yourself. You're going to introduce your project and your goals. And the goal here is to appear reasonable and sane. <laughs> Step number 22. Always know that what can go wrong with a location probably will. So you're going to want to have a second or third location added to your mix. This way, should something happen, you're always going to have a fallback plan. Step number 23, assuming you're directing your own movie, you're going to want to find a director of photography who shares your sensibilities and has equal enthusiasm for the project. Step number 24, when working with your, your director of photography, they are going to help you find an aesthetic for your movie. So you have to keep in mind that your aesthetic is going to be heavily influenced by your cost constraints, and odds are pretty good you're going to end up shooting in high definition. So you want to find a, a director of photography that can shoot with high definition so that your movie doesn't end up looking like every other high definition movie out there. And believe me, uh, from a distribution perspective, I've seen a lot of movies that look exactly the same because they were shot with the same cameras and nobody took the time to really paint with light. And a good DP can do that. Step number 25, marketing. This is one of the things that I need to hammer home very early in the process. The best time to think about your target audience is right now. It's actually in the screenplay writing process, but odds are good you haven't given that a whole lot of thought. So right here at step number 25, Let's talk about creating an initial movie website specific to the type of audience that you're reaching out to. So make sure that you have a way to get site visitors onto your mailing list. Even right now in the early stage, you want to have just a basic website with one of these things called an opt-in form. And an opt-in form is something that asks for a name and an email address so that people can become part of your email mailing list. That's going to be vitally important. One of our sponsors is called AWeber. You can check them out right now by opening up another browser and clicking audiencelist.com. So head on over to audiencelist.com, and they absolutely pay me to promote. It's the same list I use, same service I use for my own email list, and I highly recommend them. So it's audiencelist.com. Step number 26, as you get into production, you're going to want to add a movie trailer to your website. So the goal is, is you want to increase your mailing list subscribers and also have a website that you can later modify into something that's called a sales funnel. And I'll get to that in a little bit. Step number 27, assuming you raise money, you can hire talented actors and you can stick to the actors that are most interested in your project. But in the event your budget is tight, I want you to try to cast people who have a large social media following. 
One of the secrets that a lot of people are just catching on to is you have a lot of famous YouTubers out there that are looking for other projects. And these famous YouTubers have hundreds and thousands of people that tune in each week to see their YouTube show. And I got to tell you, it's ripe for the picking. Get out there and become friends with some of these famous YouTubers. Cast them in your next movie. You'll thank me for it later. Step number 28. Once you have all of your actors, you're going to want to find a location for a table read. At the table read, you're going to go through the script. If you wrote it, you're going to take some time to take notes. And you're going to make any final tweaks that you need to based on the dialogue that worked or maybe the dialogue that did not work during the table read. I want to just take a quick second and say, you know, anything that you change in the script also changes the budget and the schedule. Uh, Great producer Forrest Murray told me about that, and I've never forgotten it. So if you change the script, it also changes the budget and the schedule. Change the budget, it also changes the script and the schedule. Change the schedule, changes the budget and the script. All one document. Step number 29, no matter what you do, no matter what your budget, do not skimp on food. You're going to want to, you've got a lot of people working hard for you. You've got to have somebody in charge of craft services who knows how to cook, who knows what they're doing. Um, they should be good at going out and getting great deals on food and catering so that they can absolutely stretch the budget. And if you can find anyone to do this for you, you know, you're going to have to go out and do it yourself. So allow me to repeat, <laughs> do not skimp on food. In fact, step number 30, make sure you have adequate food. If you're doing a union shoot, now there are a whole bunch of guidelines and rules you must follow. Um, Please refer to your first assistant director and production manager to help you uh, navigate those waters. And if you're doing a non-union indie, then my advice to you is get good quality food. Don't get all that generic crap. Get uh, name-recognized brands so that you can put them on the table and feel good, and everybody can feel good about what they're eating. Step number 31, do you have all of your permits, your releases, your agreements? Do you have production insurance? There's so many different types of insurances out there. I guarantee you it makes your head spin. So make sure you talk with some experienced insurance professionals to have adequate insurance for your movie. Step number 32, Meet with your camera department and find out how much money you're going to need, assuming you're shooting in high definition, to cover um, the costs. If you're shooting film, it's going to be pretty costly for your first feature, so obviously you're going to want to have some idea of these needs too. Now, I know that you've already made an initial budget. You've already allocated for these kinds of costs, but then there's the cost that you put in there. Um, initially, and then there's the reality of your shoot. And you want to make sure that the reality of your shoot is in line with the line item you already put on your budget. Step number 33, try to take as many naps as you can. I I know this seems like one of these steps that, that, you know, why would I tell you to take naps? This is going to be, making a movie is going to be fun, but I guarantee you it's going to be one of the most stressful times of your life. So sleep whenever you can. Eat exercise, take care of yourself. It's going to really, uh, it's so demanding. It's crazy. You'll probably cry on set. We can talk about that later. Step number 34. Once you have all the above stuff checked off the list, you know, everything that we've talked about thus far, you're going to want to meet with your department heads and make sure everyone's needs are being met. Now, assuming you've maintained limited locations with the limited cast and crew, you're going to probably still be baffled by the amount of questions that come flying at you. So just be ready for that. Step number 35. 
Uh, I'm serious here. You would think that even if you are making a small budget movie, you're going to think that you're making a gazillion dollar movie. But this is actually an indication um, when people are coming to you with all their needs and concerns, it means that they actually care about their work. They care about the movie and they want to make it a success. So be nice. Step number 36. This goes without saying, but do not be a jerk. Seriously, never forget you're making a movie. So please try to enjoy the experience. Not everybody gets to make a movie in life. Step number 37. Did I mention that you need plenty of sleep? I'm absolutely serious here. <laughs> making a movie is going to it's it's going to demand so much energy. You don't even know if you're going to be able to keep up with the physical and the mental demands of it. So get plenty of sleep. Surround yourself with good people. Step number 38, commence production. Now, this is a time where you defer back to your first assistant director and your line producer, also known as your unit production manager, to keep everything running on time and under budget. That's the mandate, on time and under budget. Always keep your cool. Always remember to have fun. And earlier I joked about this, but if you have to cry or get angry, do not let anybody see you. That could ruin the morale of the set. So go somewhere by yourself, usually your car far away from everybody else. Get all your screaming and crying out and then go back to set a new man or a new woman. Step number 39, during production, try to consistently get pressed. This goes back to the marketing stuff I mentioned earlier, but you want to consistently get pressed to profile your movie. It'd be great to create buzz, get people on your website, and then obviously get those people who come to your website to opt into your newsletter mailing list. I already talked about it, but audiencelist.com. Step number 40, after the wrap, have a wrap party. But don't sleep with your cast and crew. <laughs> don't get overly drunk and don't make a fool of yourself. You're a professional. Make sure you act like one. Step number 41. After you recover from your hangover, and I just warned you not to do that, um, you're probably going to want to start editing the movie. So here's what I suggest. I suggest that you do not edit your movie yourself. You're too close. You're too, you know, this is too close to you. You're too emotional about it. You need another set of eyes in there to offer a different perspective. So I want you to get somebody else in there. And at the same time, I want you to be nice to your editor. These professionals can only offer valuable feedback, and I want you to listen to it. Step number 42, your first cut is going to be absolutely rough. Scenes are going to go way too long. You're going to, and you're not even going to know what to cut or when to cut it. So screen your movie with a whole bunch of people who've never seen your movie and then use that to get some feedback. Step number 43, take that feedback that you got from your first screening and then go back there and refine your edit. After you refine your edit, I want you to take a week off. I want you to take a week off where you don't look at your movie or mess around with it whatsoever. This way, when you come back to the edit suite, you can refine and refine again with fresh eyes. Step number 44. I want you to have another small screening with people who have never seen the movie. I want you to sit there with a notepad. I want you to take notes, and then you go back to your edit suite with those notes. Step number 45, when you're back in the edit suite, not only are you going to take those notes and refine your movie, but you're also going to add some sound effects to your movie. You're going to clean up some actor dialogue and some of the rough areas. Um, this is an important thing for you to know, not just for this movie, but all movies moving forward. Sound is more important than visual. 
There's a saying that used to go around the film schools that says, ah, we can fix it in post-production. You will never fix your sound in post-production in a cost-effective manner. Sound is more important than video. Step number 46, screen your movie again. This time, have a screening with another new small set of people. Take notes and then take those notes back to the edit suite and refine it again. Step number 47, after all this work, especially in the edit suite, you're probably going to have a cut that you're getting pretty happy with. Um, This is where you start to plan your next strategy. So I mentioned it earlier, but if you haven't already done it, you got to get a copy of how to sell your movie.com. No matter what stage of the production you're at, this will help you define and refine a marketing strategy for your movie there. I can tell you unequivocally that there's nobody out there in movie distribution right now that can do for your movie what you can do for your movie. These people in movie distribution are here to help you, but you must always regard them as partners. Just because you get your movie picked up, and it's going to end up in somebody's catalog, potentially uh, collect dust, unless you're out there pushing it. So you need to have a marketing sales and distribution strategy. I put something together over at howtosellyourmovie.com. Check it out. Step number 48, there are many opportunities for traditional distribution. This goes to what I was just saying, but you've got to have qualified professionals around you so that when a deal comes your way, and believe me, it will, when you get those first phone calls, you're going to get so excited. Oh, a distributor wants me. I'm so great. You know, I'm going to make a multi-million dollar thing, and I'm, I'm going to be a famous director, and, and my whole world's going to open up, and everything's going to be awesome, and I can tell you Beyond a shadow of a doubt that that only happens to a small number of filmmakers. Most every filmmaker gets the same calls from the same distributors because those guys, and I'm one of them, are looking for movies that nobody else seen. So think of it sort of like real estate. They're looking for properties, or what they're called in real estate is pocket listings. They want to get a property before anybody else so that if there's any potential, they can demand top dollar. But in the end, they benefit, and the filmmaker doesn't so much. So you need people around you that can look at each deal and make sure that each deal makes sense. So a traditional distribution deal becomes a deal when it is a good fit with your business objectives. If it is not a good fit for your business objectives, pass on the deal. Do not take it. Step number 49. What if there's no traditional distribution deals that actually pay money? Now, this is where I go back to what I was saying earlier, but if you plan your marketing, sales, and distribution strategy from the get-go, you're going to have a strong mailing list of people that actually want to see your movie. You're going to know exactly what your marketable hook is, and you're going to have a plan for reaching your target audience. And once again, if you need some help with that, visit howtosellyourmovie.com. Step number 50, when you're ready to start selling your movie, this is where we go back to your website and we make sure that we've created something called a sales funnel. What that means is you take everything off of your movie, website, anything off of it that's distracting people from the actual purpose of the website, and the purpose of the website is to get people to buy your movie. So sales funnel, if you can picture it, a whole bunch of targeted traffic comes in the top of the funnel, and out of the bottom funnel are your actual buyers. The people that aren't really serious kind of fall off. So, you know, you might get 100 people on the top, and you might get three people out of the bottom. That is called a conversion rate. 
and what I just described would give you a 3% conversion rate. So you have to make sure that once you know your conversion rate that you can you know, continually make your movie a viable business. I can tell you more about that stuff. If you have questions, email me, Jason, at filmmakingstuff.com. But the deal here, again, is, is refine your website into a sales funnel so that you drive people towards the Buy Now button. Don't distract them on their way there. And make sure um, you also want to upload your movie to uh, one of the many popular VOD platforms. That could be Amazon, iTunes, um, or, or one of the homegrown smaller platforms. There's a Seed and Spark and Pivot Share and, and the Watchbox and quite a few other ones, Vimeo and Distrify, and uh, that list goes on and on. But the point is you've got to have somewhere with a, so that when somebody wants to buy your movie, it's available to them. Because your most rabid fan base they're going to want to buy your movie right away. You want to refine your poster and you want to refine your artwork so that everything fits in this overall brand and drives more and more people to your buy now button. Um, a quick, you know, we're still in step number 50 here, but a quick aside, I'm assuming that when you, we get to this point, you've already exhausted all of your other, you know, distribution deals and distribution opportunities. And now you're ready to start selling it. Um, you don't want to make your movie available for sale right from day one, unless that was a hundred percent of your initial strategy. And there's filmmakers out there that do that. They're called entrepreneurial filmmakers where they don't really care whether or not a distributor picks up their movie. Cause they already have 30, 50, 70, a hundred thousand people on their mailing list. So, whether or not you're in that situation is going to determine what your distribution strategy is. Step number 51. I mentioned it before about your movie trailer. It's going to be one of your biggest promotional tools, but what you got to do is you got to take that trailer and then what you do is you upload it to YouTube. Um, and then you're also going to want to upload it to all the other video sites out there. And I prefer to stream from YouTube for a couple of different reasons. First of all, um, I don't have to pay for the streaming cost, which is nice. Secondly, I can view, monitor viewer comments. It, it shows you word of mouth, whether or not people are interested in your movie. If they're not talking, well, maybe you've got to change something or think about something different. Um, and the third reason is YouTube is owned by Google, which makes it the second largest search engine on earth. If you know your target audience and you write very keyword-specific what they call metadata, which is really just your description on YouTube, you could potentially get search engines to drive free traffic to your page. Um, and we can talk more about that later. Uh, <laughs> this is, boy, we sure are covering a lot, aren't we? Step number 52. Write a press release related to, obviously, the release of your movie. Um, you want to have a blog component to your press release that details your movie and allows other people to comment on, you know, what they think about your movie. If you need publicity, you might also want to reach out to my friend Heather at talkradiopublicity.com. Um, she used to work for one of the biggest PR firms in New York City. She's now kind of set up her own thing. And if you go to talkradiopublicity.com forward slash filmmaking, um, you, can, you can speak directly to Heather. Uh, once again, she's one of my sponsors. I get paid to promote. So tell her I sent you. Step number 53, play around with keyword research and this other thing called search, search engine optimization or SEO for short. Now, if those terms seem very new to you or foreign to you, you're going to want to find someone in your network who understands the importance of, of how to navigate the web. And you want to work with reputable SEO companies and reputable pay-per-click companies and people that know what they're doing. 
Um, and just like anything else, buyer beware, you're going to want to go out there and do your research and talk to other people that have worked with these companies to make sure they're legit and get the results that they promise. Step number 54, marketing. It's all about telling memorable stories and getting into the conversation. So if you're going to go out there and add your thoughts on website forums, it's definitely one way to get the word out about your movie. But if you go into these forums and you totally disregard the conversation and you just say, like, watch my movie, watch my movie, watch my movie, that's completely bad form, and, and I dare say it's spam. So don't do that. If you're going to go into the forums, start a conversation. Step number 55. Obviously, social media is huge, so you want to at least have a Facebook and a Twitter handle for your movie and a Facebook page. Um, the purpose of these things isn't necessarily to exist 100% on social media. Most people do not buy directly from social media sharing, but what you do is utilize these tools to get people back onto your audience list that I talked about earlier. And once they're on your mailing list, you can warm up to them. They get to know you. You get to know them. They become part of your story. And if they're interested, they end up buying your movie, at least a, a small percentage of those people. So always utilize these tools to get people back to the mailing list that you can control. Speaking of social sharing, make sure that your website has adequate social share buttons so that people can easily share your movie with their friends. Step number 57, if you have a budget, purchase some offline advertising and publications related to your movie. Now, all of this assumes that you've taken time to define your target audience and you know exactly how to reach them. Uh, if you don't, you've got to go back and really figure out who the heck your target audience is. Who are you trying to attract to your movie? Because you can't do any advertising. You can't do any promotion unless you know who the heck your target audience is. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, if we're at step 57 and you're just now figuring out your target audience, we're a little bit late to the party. So you want to get on that. Step number 58 is kind of echoing what I just said. But if you don't have a website, if you don't have any sort of movie website, um, you want to stop this podcast or as soon as we wrap it up here uh, or, or go ahead and open up a new browser and type in moviesitehost.com, moviesitehost.com. That's going to open up Bluehost. Bluehost is the same hosting company that I utilize for all of my websites. That's my affiliate link. They pay me to promote. You go to moviesitehost.com, and what happens is you have the ability to buy a domain name and website hosting, and you have a couple click install to install something called WordPress Framework, and that'll allow you to set up a website pretty quickly for your movie. So if you don't have a movie website, go to moviesitehost.com, redirect you to my affiliate link, Bluehost. They pay me to promote, but get your stinking website set up right now for your movie, or at least reserve. You know, if you have a name for the screenplay that you're working on, it's best to reserve those domain names now before they disappear. Um, case in point, a few years ago, I was working on a movie called 710 Split, which is a popular bowling term. I actually bought the domain name for that movie. Um, and we never ended up making that movie, but to this day, I still have the domain name. Um, oddly, I, I set up a bowling website, but that's a whole other story. The point is, go out and grab those domain names while they're still available. Uh, Moviesitehost.com, my affiliate link for Bluehost. They pay me to promote. Do your own due diligence before you make any purchases here or anywhere on earth. Um, I think I'm covered. You know, I'm, I'm always, like, I always need to be so transparent about this stuff with you because I feel like it helps. Obviously, I'm running a business here. I don't want to be that guy that's always, like, touting things, but I also don't want to do it in, like, kind of a, you know, a, a subtle way either. I want to be fully dis transparent with you. So maybe I'll get better at uh, 
you know, disclosing these things, it sounds a little bit more interesting to you. But anyway, step number 59, and we're almost finished here. All of the methods that I mentioned so far, these are intended to get people back to your website. Now, to reiterate, the purpose of your website at this point when your movie is available for sale is to get people to watch the trailer and then click the Buy Now button. Anything that still distracts the visitors from your website must go. The way that you find out what distracts your visitors, install the free copy of Google Analytics. So head over to Google Analytics and and make sure that your webmaster installs that on your website. If you've just installed a WordPress website, there's various WordPress plugins out there that make it very easy to install uh, Google Analytics in your website. Step number 60, if your website visitor... If your visitors fail to buy now, then this is where the opt-in form comes in. When they scroll off your site, you at least want to have some sort of pop-up um, that allows them to supply you with their name and their email address if, they, if they're so inclined so that they can get on your mailing list. Step number 61. Out of all of the people who click the Buy Now button, some of those people are actually going to buy. So if you have access to their contact information, you might want to reach out to them and personally thank them for buying. You might seem That might seem a little bit, especially if you have a movie like our first feature that, that guy again, called Fong. We had a whole bunch of people out there buying our movie, and we didn't know exactly what to do with it um, you know, because we were so overwhelmed with all of that. It might seem a little bit crazy to even think about individually reaching out to these people, but these people are, in fact, people. And if they get an email, it's just a quick email from from you letting them know that, that you're grateful that they bought your movie guess what now they're on your list and they might very well buy your next movie later or they might help you with your crowdfunding campaign it's all about building that list whenever i give my talks i make everybody raise their hand and repeat after me and say my audience is my business without an audience i have no business and that's exactly the kind of business you're in right now you're not necessarily in the filmmaking business you are in the audience engagement business and you got to keep that in mind Does that make sense? I sure hope it does. Step number 62, assuming you're generating revenue, and this is awesome if you are, what you got to do is is consider using that money to purchase more advertising so that you can grow your revenue larger and larger and larger and larger. In internet marketing, they call this scaling a business. And the only way that you can effectively scale is you got to know your conversion rates. Um, so I would, I would advise you to go out and read about conversion rates. That's another window. Open that up. Uh, type in the word conversion rates. You need to find your conversion rate from your website. Unfortunately, what happens is oftentimes it's challenging to find that until you actually go out and test a few campaigns to say, you know, out of the 100 people that come in my funnel, how many of those people actually buy? I used the example earlier that if 100 people come in the top of your funnel and only three of them end up buying your movie, your conversion rate is 3%. You need to make sure that those three purchases not only pay for any advertising that you're throwing out there, but they also give you a profit. Even if it's just one penny, they have to give you a profit above and beyond your expenses. Otherwise, you're losing money. And if you're losing money, you don't have a business. So conversion rates are key. And you need to work those numbers until you can figure out what conversion rate can make your movie a profitable, viable business. Step number 63. Sooner or later, you're going to figure out that it's time to jump to start your next project. And you're going to realize that making movies 
and making money making movies is very possible if you take the time to really plan it out. The good thing is if you've been thinking this way, you now have a list of people that can help you make your goals more probable. If you go to a prospective investor and say, Mr. Investor, I've got this great idea for a movie. Please give me money. And the investor's like, well, that's great. Everybody has ideas. What do you have beyond that? And, and, and you say nothing, and it's just crickets and silence. Well, that's not as strong as saying, Mr. Investor, please invest in my movie. I have, have 10,000 people on my email list. I did a survey last night, and 50% of those people told me that they can't wait to see my next zombie movie. Therefore, I think the time is ripe to make this happen, and we can direct sell this movie. And based on those projections, I can tell you that if even a small percentage of, of the people, whatever that is, buys the movie, we're going to be profitable, and here's how I'm going to do that. That is so much stronger when you have a plan. And following the things that I'm sharing with you right now, I want you to have a plan. Step number 64, the thing to remember along the same lines as what I've been telling you is you've got to have a long-term perspective. On average, it's going to take you at least seven meetings to start to create and cultivate a trusting relationship with somebody. Most people, when they're, especially when they're cold calling and trying to meet people for the first time in a networking environment, most people quit long before they get to the meeting that it actually even matters. Not you. I want you to make it the game. How many no's can you get before you get a yes? And as a final thought, step number 65, I'd ask you to consider the following questions. Given the resources that you have right now, what is the movie that you are going to, you know, when you walk away from this podcast, what is the movie that you're going to make this year? So here's that famous question again. Um, given the resources that you have right now, what is the movie that you're going to make this year? I sincerely and hope I, I sincerely hope that you've enjoyed this brief uh, film making film production checklist. Um, if you did, you know, and, and you're not on my mailing list, I encourage you to head on over to freefilmmakingbook.com, freefilmmakingbook.com, where you can get a free filmmaker e-course delivered straight to your inbox. And I don't, you know, this will ensure that you don't miss any of my uh, filmmaking updates. Um, once again, head on over to freefilmmakingbook.com. And one more thing, if you really enjoyed this podcast, please share it with every filmmaker you know. Go out and tweet about it right now. I'd love it. Um, they'll thank you for it, and frankly, I will too. Well, this has been another fantabulous filmmaking podcast. I'm Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff based here in Los Angeles. Hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, I know it's been a little bit longer than usual, but I hope you got a lot of good stuff out of it. I always welcome your feedback. Drop me a line, jason at filmmakingstuff.com.